Welcome to another inspirational message from City Life Center Church. If you are ever in the area, come visit one of our services. We would love to meet you. Enjoy the message. Today I'm going to be wrapping up this, this uh, series called I Am Free. It's been a, uh, been a walk through the New Testament book of Galatians. And today I'm using some of the elements from Galatians chapter 6, which is that last part of Galatians. Hope you've been reading through it, or you need to read through it, really. But basically here at the very end, Paul talks about how to be used by God. And, I, and this, this message is probably the most significant of this whole series. is about how to be used by God. In fact, I'm going to ask you, we've been praying a lot today. I like that. I guess, you know, this is a house of prayer. We're supposed to do that. But I want you to pray, pray with me. Just pray these words with me right now, asking God to open your heart up. Would you just pray this with me? Lord, I open my heart. Come on. Lord, to hear you. Speak to my mind. Speak to my heart. Motivate me to action. I want to be used by you. I don't want to be the same person who walked in this door today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. You know, we all want to be significant, don't we? Uh, being significant and doing significant things are important. I, I like living in America because we have the opportunity to vote. And because we vote, we get to be significant and do a significant thing for our country. And I encourage you to do that. Uh, my, my family had a, uh, went out and made an event out of early voting yesterday. We, we planned it out and and I made this assumption that the lines would be pretty short on Saturday afternoon in, in the downtown location, and I was correct. So we got there. It was pretty awesome, um, you know, except for the guys standing outside the gates, you know, to the, to the uh, place. They were kind of, they, they did, like, didn't want us in or something. But once we got in, it was pretty cool, and, 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 uh, and we were the only people there. I mean, there were more election workers there than, than us. Our family walked in, and, and we just had a blast there at the polling place. We, I mean, I'm serious. We were inviting them to church and laughing and have a good time. We had a controlled, yeah, you know, it was a controlled party, but it was still a party there in the polling place. And, and honestly, I, I actually had more fun voting yesterday than I've experienced in voting since the 1984 election. Now, I... You guys know me well. I, I tend to repent about things, and this is one of those times I need to repent. So I'll just go ahead and tell you. 1984 was a year when the lines were very, very long, miserably long uh, for that election that year. Uh, similar to what I understand things have been like now. But my college friends and I stood in line for over an hour outside the polling place and and while we were in line, we started daring one another to do something. And, and what we decided is that after we voted, we would... <laughs> It's not funny, but I'm, I'm laughing at, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, it's not funny. But we decided we were going to purge the polling place of signage, actually some very large signage that, uh, that, that was for the other candidate that we weren't voting for. And it was affixed to a pickup. It was a big, huge cardboard sign. And, and so, and now please understand, I do not encourage any of you to do this. I really think you'll get arrested if you do it. You make it, somebody may come and jab you. I don't know. But I'm confessing what I did 32 years ago. So it's time. Some of you weren't even born then, so don't worry about that, all right? But the plan was, I was going to drive up my car next to this massive cardboard sign, open my trunk, tear the sign down with my friends, stuff it in the trunk, we were going to drive away as quickly as possible and go straight to the lake and burn it so there was no evidence. 
And we did. And I, we proceeded with the plan. And, and I was accompanied by some people uh, that I will only mention by first name because they are all in ministry today. And I don't want them, they're not confessing their sin today, but I am. But that was James and Wayman and John. And, 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 uh, and while, while we were tearing it down, um, about 100 people who were lined up outside started shouting and applauding and they were egging us on. I mean, it was like adrenaline and it's like, yes, yes. So we did it. We asked God to forgive us later on. But uh, the thing is, our candidate won by the largest landslide in American history, 500, uh, 525 electoral votes that year. And, and we felt, I mean, I was like, we felt like we had something to do with it. Well, I, we probably didn't, but you know. But the truth is, I have fled my childish ways, and I don't do things like that anymore. But, but I felt significant doing it. But you see, voting, being part of the selection process of the next U.S. president, along with all the other leaders that we're voting on, it is significant. But, but I'm telling you guys, even more significant than voting in any kind of an election is actually being used by God. And how amazing is that? I mean, God created you. He, he designed every feature in you. He poured his breath into you. He gave you eternal life. Do you get that? That's forever. And, and therefore, at the very foundation of our lives, there's this instinct that we, we need to serve him. And God wants to use us. And it's really an honor. It's, it's something that is incredibly significant. Yet at the same time, there's a big challenge that goes along with it. We tend to overcomplicate this issue. And today I just want to make it simple. Here's the truth. I want you to be used by God. I want you to stir that up inside of you because I'm sure you want to be used by God too. So let's just get on this with this. Let's talk about it because if you want to be used by God, here's what you need to do. You need to first of all just simply know who you are. Know who you are. I mean, when I walked into the polling place yesterday, uh, I needed to know who I was. I couldn't go any further with a significant act that I was about to do. But with God, the nice thing is, is he doesn't even demand an ID. Instead, his, it's very, very simple just knowing who you are. First of all, we're followers of Jesus. It's like, well, of course. No, no, but guys, catch this. That's huge. In fact, this is probably the most significant thing that I would say today. You're not a follower of your heart. You're not a follower of your passion or a follower of the crowd or the culture. You're a follower of Jesus, and that's the big deal. This is the biggest one. I don't want you to miss out on it because uh, some people decide, decide, well, I want to be a follower of philosophy or, or a follower of a system of beliefs or a follower of a code of behavior, but being a Christian is being a follower of God in the flesh, a man named Jesus. So, so, if, so if you want to be used by God, you've got to get that one straight and make sure that's set up straight. And, and as followers of Jesus, we are also told that we are to be people of faith. That's, that's the foundational word that has everything to do with serving Jesus. We're simply people who believe for audacious things, and we actually really, truly believe that what we pray for, we're going to receive, and that's what faith is about. And that's why I'm pushing you, and I'm leading you, and I'm prodding you, and I'm strongly admonishing you to be a person of huge, massive faith for your house, for your house, for what God is doing in you and in your community. Because I, I want you to be used by God, and faith is that key component. So here it is. It's pretty simple. Let's get it clear. If you want to be used by God, you need to know who you are. We're followers of Jesus. We're people of faith. 
Say those, say those two lines with me. They're on the screens in red. Come on, say it with me. We're followers of Jesus. We're people of faith. And second is we focus on Jesus and his word. Foundational, but understanding this and doing this opens the door for us to be used by God. You know, if you're following Jesus, it's best to be focused on him. Have you ever followed someone in traffic and, and you forget that you're following them and, and you get your eyes off them and all of a sudden you're looking and you're like, oh no, where are, you, where are we? I... Uh, I've done that many times, and here's the funniest thing. I, for me, what I've done, <laughs> my wife can tell you this because it's so true, is, is I've, people have said, hey, just follow me. But if it's a long distance, I end up passing them. And I'll pass them, and I'll be way ahead of them, and then I don't know where I'm going. And it's like, well, where did they go? I'll start looking for them, and they're gone. And, and someone ends up calling, like, you passed me 20 minutes ago. It's like, well, I'm sorry, I, I don't know. But, 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 but if you're going to follow, you have to get behind and follow. Focus on Jesus. And I commit to lead you to lead this church as a Jesus-focused church. That's why we sing about him, we talk about him, we focus on him, and we also focus on the Word of God. Because just like I said last week, faith, because we're people of faith, if you know who you are, you're a person of faith. Faith comes about when we're taking in and we're ingesting and we're receiving and, and we're knowing and living God's word, which is what I'm giving to you right now. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we don't please God by what we do, we please God by using faith and faith comes from the word of god that's why we got to keep our eyes on that i've so as your pastor i've always declared that this church is bible based and jesus focused and why because i want you to be used by god it's pretty simple very simple yet profound okay quick review if you want to be used by god here it is I want you to now say it number say number one with me out loud. Know who you are. Okay, who are we? We are what? We are followers of Jesus. We are people of faith. All right, here's the next one, which we already did. And what, what else do we have to do if we're going to be used by God? We focus on Jesus and his word. Pretty simple. And then the third part is this, is we plant the right seed. I, I, I got to take botany in college. You know, don't you love it? I didn't have to. I got to. <laughs> I, I, you, you get to take these core classes as part of your degree plan. And what botany has to do with pastoring, I had no idea. But I did learn a thing or two in botany that whatever seed you sow, you're going to get the same harvest. You don't just toss a seed out into the soil and never nurture it or, or, or you just abandon it. But, and if you do that, most likely nothing's going to result. But the seed may even germinate, but the seedling will probably die. You know, it's basically this. You kind of look at it and go, well, I'm not getting my harvest fast enough, and so you give up. But here's where my botany lessons came in useful. There's a spiritual lesson here is you keep sowing the right seed and you keep nourishing the seed that you've sown. You don't abandon your garden and you're patient with the process. See, tending seed, it's, it's, this daily, uh, it's just daily consistent actions of people who want to be used by God or people who are being used by God. You just simply have to have the attitude of Winston Churchill, never give up. I'm not going to give up. Don't quit on the seed that's been planted until you've seen the harvest. Guys, stick with it. Keep doing the right things. Stay in church. Stay in relationships with your church family and keep giving. I mean, Paul says it this way. He said, let us not become weary in doing good he was talking about the planting of the seed for here it is at the proper time say those words 
at the proper, come on, say it with me, this is feedback day, at the proper time. So there is a proper time, you don't know when it is, but it will happen. But then it says we will, not might, not probably, you will reap a harvest, but it's contingent. There's that little word, if, you know that word, if, yeah, I, I took English also, <laughs> if we do not give up. I, you know, I, I, I've actually heard this scripture quoted wrong by some people. It says, I will receive the harvest at the proper time. I will reap my harvest. But it's, it's if you don't give up. And I'm, I'm just begging you to not do that. Some of you, some of you though, who have been with us for a while, you've been generously sowing seed here in, in this ministry, or you know, your finances and your prayers, your time, your ministry anointings, and you haven't given up, and you didn't abandon the little seedling. But some of you right now, you're, you're actually seeing the fruits of the seed that you sowed. And that fruit, you're beginning to see it in your home, you're seeing it in your family, you're seeing it in your business, and in your ministry, and in your spiritual life. And there are a few of you in here, and you know what I'm talking about, and it is absolutely incredible, isn't it? See, why are you seeing a harvest? It's because you didn't give up. You keep sowing. You keep nurturing. See, there's this waiting period during the sowing and, and the reaping events. And, and during that waiting period, it's not just like sitting back and doing nothing. Actually, there's quite a lot to do. After planting, what you have to do is you have to water and protect and fertilize and weed. Oh, isn't that fun? And wait, water, fertilize. And you just keep report, repeating that over and over and over. Hey, if you want to be used by God, you have to be, be mature enough to stay the course and not abandon in the garden see paul gives us this huge warning in galatians 6 he said don't be deceived and and the deception actually comes from our own flesh basically paul is saying don't abandon your seed don't take what i've called in this series exit 13 it's like well i'm just going to kind of do whatever i want don't try to find well i'm going to go hunt down a better garden or some better soil than the where i've just sown this or or or, or just or just you know, say well i'm just going to chill back and relax and and just let god's will be done and now you see God's will isn't going to make the seed come to life. So that's why we nurture the seed that we've sown. And the problem is, if you don't do this, the scripture says you'll actually, you could reap destruction. Paul says this. He says, here's how he says it. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. He cannot be mocked. See, it's actually a mockery of God to start off by planting the seed and then just, oh, I'm just going to go this way or I'm going to plant this kind of seed. I'm going to do what I want. And I'm just going to do what, because whoever sows to please the flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. So keep pressing on no matter how blustery life might be for you. Some of you, you're, you're in depression because you've been comparing your life and the, the storms that you're going through and the frustrations you're experiencing with someone else based on their Instagram. Because according to their Instagram, they have no problems. They're always on vacation. In fact, they go to the beach at least once a, once a month. They always shop at Whole Foods in Central Market with this huge overflowing basket, and they live under the Sundance Square Plaza umbrellas. You know, their Facebook accounts tell you that they are bathing in essential oils, and they already have the new iPhone 8 Plus. How'd they get it? I don't know. But they're eating the most amazing, gluten-free, organic, free-range, cage-free meals, and they're even drinking the healthy locally crafted toxins and, and, and you're convinced that they have the perfect life 
<laughs> it's kind of funny because yesterday uh, someone from City Life posted a, an image of, of a gash in their arm. You know, it was, it was ugly. It was, it was ugly. I went, whoa, I mean, it gave me like an adrenaline rush looking at it. It's like, whoa. Now, like, like whoa. At, at first, you know, I'm thinking, well, that's not very Facebook-ish because <laughs> it was real. Someone actually had a bump in the road. Hey guys, we do have bumps and bruises. We do have storms. There are times when you are in the middle of a storm and all your essential oils just get washed off in the thunderstorm. And, and, and that is actually more like the realities that we live in. But, but if you want to be used by God, you're not going to compare. You're not going to give up in spite of the storms. You're just going to keep nourishing the seed that you planted. And you're going to keep moving through the storm. On Friday night, there was a Youth Connect group at our house. And they, they met there for a Halloween party. And, and Rebecca had concocted this... This, this crazy game using, using candles. These are some of the candles. I, I found one in the house still. There, we found them in all kinds of odd places in the house and still cleaning them up. But, but she took the entire group about, about a quarter mile away from the house, way out back behind the house, and lit all their candles and told them, now, we're holding your candle, race back to the house. And whoever has their candles still burning at the end is going to be the winner. The, 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 the problem with the game is that the weather was too perfect. I mean, it wasn't even, that wasn't even the slightest breeze and so three quarters of the teens they still had their candles burning when they got back to the house so so she said okay I guess I'm gonna come up with a new plan so she she had this plan she said okay everybody get in a line and I want you just to walk through the house and we have a kind of a circular area in our hosting area downstairs and we'll just walk through the house and and I want you just to stay in line with your can dripping candles and we have all the wax to prove that they were there and and but nobody's flames are going out it's like this is not working and so I I just said I just said hey Students, as you're walking through, I just want to tell you something. Life has storms sometimes. And so I grabbed this clipboard off of Rebecca's desk, and I began creating a big windstorm as each student passed by. And, and I, was, I was able to extinguish a couple of the candles. I was so excited, but it wasn't working good enough. So I went into the kitchen as they continued to march through, and I extended the sprayer hose, and I aimed toward every single candle. All the and I said, students, sometimes life storms are very wet. And then what's funny is they kept persistently walking through the spray of water and, and then some were drenched and dripping. I mean, the faces were dripping and they were coming right back around, s dripping and soaked and beaten by the storms of life, but not discouraged, insisting that life storms were not going to stop them. Except for Joel, I know that his... But, but it was a hilarious sight. I mean, I was... I, I got a bunch of them out. There's this... <laughs> I had to clean up a huge mess of water in the kitchen. You would not believe it. It, looked like a, it didn't look like a storm happened in there. But I love it that not one of those teenagers dropped out because of the wind or the storm. Not one teenager got mad and left the house because the storms of life came. They just kept going because they were with each other. And they had a mission to be the winning candle. And... and just like our city life teens were bearing their lights. See, we have a fire that's burning in us. It's been planted there by God. And, and, and that, that, that fire is for someone else to see. There's a warmth that needs to be given. There's a smile and a generous spirit that needs to be released. So don't let the storms of life or your personal pain cause you to abandon the seed that you planted. And you will be used by God, my friend. Okay, here's how to be used by God. Here it is. Come on, take a look at it on the screen. Say the first one with me. Say it. Number one, know who you are. Who are we? Say it. We are followers of Jesus. We are people of faith. Number two, 
Focus on Jesus and the Word. And number three, this is, this is good. This is what we just said. Plant the right seed. Now, number four, drum roll. Naturally produce results that change the world. And this is not anything that you do. It just it happens because the fruit will come naturally. Ministry flows naturally. I talked a lot about this last week. You don't have to force it. Because if you're doing those first three things, you can't help but be used by God. So there's not this, this striving or trying to force it. And there's no mystifying this. Of, you know, it's just like, as you just simply do these basics, you are naturally going to produce fruitful ministry that will change the world. So where do you start with all this? Well, you start with your house. You start with our house. I mean, be used by God first in your house and, and in our house. It's the safest place to do so. Paul says, as we, have as, as we have the opportunity, we are to do good to all people, especially, see that word especially? Especially to those who belong to the family of believers. It starts with family and it moves outward. For me, what that means is that my ministry first is to my house, the Woody house. And then it also means that I have this ministry to our house, the city life house, by you being used by God right here. And then I'm used by God also to minister the life of Jesus to other, other ministers and pastors that are in the trenches with me and, and, to, and to do ministry in the community. In fact, I spoke with three ministers yesterday. And I just, these are the things I get to do. This is part of how I get to continue doing, you being used by God in ways that, you know, a lot of you don't ever even begin to see. But these, these three people are doing some amazing things for God today. And I had the opportunity to pray with them and encourage them all separate from one another. One is Pastor Charles Robinson. He's my friend, worked with me at Compassionate Fort Worth. And God has moved him down to Colleen. And he's down there praying at church today. Right now, he is holding his first pre-launch service before his new church launches. I, I told him, I'm, I'm going to come down there and we're going to pray. And we're gonna, I'm going I'm I'm to spend a day with you. And so I'm planning that here real soon. Mike Roberts, Five Stone consulting this is a church planting net, a support organization he's out in sulfur springs and 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 he's he's at one of our fellow church plants ministering the word of god he's part of us he's part of city life there's pastor sultan cole oh, i love this man he's today he's having his first service in his new building because he has sown seed for 14 years in his church reveal word ministries i get to work with him on a bunch of stuff here in the city i just love these guys these are friends of mine and they have done exactly what i have described to you. See, they didn't wait for a meteor to hit them. They knew who they were. They were focused on Jesus and the Word, and they just planted seed. I love what I love about these guys is they're just so simple in the way that they do it. There's nothing bizarre or weird about it. They just begin to naturally produce fruit, and they're being used by God. And I'm telling you guys, you are free to be used by God. That's why I keep saying with this, this, this 5X Faith campaign is engage your 5X Faith for your house, for your life, and for our house as well. You are free to be used by God to just press into Jesus and have this yes, Lord mentality and take a step today. Jesus said, seek first this, his kingdom, which is God's kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these other things are going to be taken care of because God cares so much about you and your life, that he made the choice for you to be able to walk in, in freedom and to even be used by him. I mean, Jesus went to the cross for you like we sang about a moment ago. I mean, Jesus is calling you to make a really big deal about him. Paul said it best right there in Galatians 6. He said, may I never boast 
except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to, to me and I to the world. It's like, I'm not going that route of darkness anymore. I'm just going to sow my life into God's work. And some of you, you've been waiting for a big breakthrough moment. Now I can be used by God, but the biggest breakthrough happened on a cross 2,000 years ago, and it was followed by an infilling of the Holy Spirit where, where God himself, the Holy Spirit, filled these, these passionate, tenacious followers of Jesus Christ, and that Spirit of God is in me today. In fact, next Sunday, uh, it, I, I, I'm really asking you to be here both Sunday morning and Sunday evening. Sunday morning, I'm sharing a message called 5X Faith in a Frustrated World. Sunday evening at City Life Night, the, the theme is a light shines in the darkness, and that light that shines in the darkness is you. See, Jesus and the cross, really, it's the only way to freedom, and it's the, it's, it is the message of freedom. See, and, and when you embrace all of that, you're free to be used by God because of the cross. You are free from eternal death because of the cross. You are free to be empowered by the Holy Spirit because of the cross. You are free to use as much faith as you desire, knowing that the amount of faith that you use and the amount of seed that you sow will have direct result what actually is harvested in your life because of the cross. <laughs> so don't give up. God can do anything in you and through you. You can be used by God. God created the universe. He shaped and formed you in your mother's womb before you even knew anything. Never forget how God really feels about you. He's like, I'm, I'm imperfect. Well, of course you are. I'm the guy who tore down big signs, okay? Never forget, though, how God feels about you. Because if you were the only soul on earth, God still would have sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. That's how much you mean to him. God loves you fiercely, and he gave you this family to stand with you through the ups and downs of life and the difficulties and the trials. So now it's time to say, I will be used by God. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. For more information about how you can get involved with City Life locally, text CONNECT to 41411. Again, that's CONNECT to 41411. Or visit us online at citylifecenter.org. We would love to meet you.